And look at this. We have a record gold drain for a month from the LBMA, the London Bullion Market Association, of 4.5 million ounces of gold. Well, hello there, my friends. Raf here from the Endgame Investor with this week's Silver Report for Arcadia Economics. And once again, there's a lot to talk about this week. The price action has not been very encouraging, but there's a lot going on beyond price action. We're going to go into it slide by slide. The first is, when will miners finally rise? I have an answer to that question, not necessarily in terms of a date, but in terms of what has to happen in the monetary realm. And we're going to use the example of the 1920s and 30s. The national debt is up $100 billion in six days. Well, God created the world in six days and the government spent $100 billion. So, you know, what's more impressive? I don't really know anymore. The reverse repo reserve dollar tank is down to its last trillion dollars with $1.6 trillion in net borrowing predicted by the Treasury itself by March. We're going to talk about $1.5 trillion in garbage ESG debt. WeWork finally goes bankrupt, which could bring down the commercial mortgage-backed securities market forthwith. The gold-to-silver ratio in Weimar, Germany was 14 to 1 almost constantly throughout the hyperinflation. And a record gold drain from the LBMA of 4.5 million ounces in a month. Before we go through the slides, this week's Silver Report is brought to you by Fortuna Silver Mine, symbol FSM. Great news out of Fortuna today, yesterday, really. Fortuna reports record production and financial results for the third quarter of 2023. Uh, this kept its stock elevated on uh, Wednesday as the rest of the mining uh, sector fell. So we have financial net income of 27 million or nine cents a share compared to 3.1 million or one cent a share in quarter two of 2023. Adjusted net income of 29.6 million compared to 2.5 million in Q2 2023. Gold production of almost 100,000 ounces versus 64,000 last quarter. Silver production of 1.7 million ounces versus 1.26 million ounces last quarter. And Jorge Ganoza, president and CEO, says Fortuna has delivered record production and financial results for all its key metrics, driven by the first full quarter of production of our flagship Segela Gold Mine. All in sustaining costs of only $788 per ounce. It looks good for Fortuna, at least in fundamentals, if not in price action. Price action for the entire mining sector has been pretty abysmal. And who knows when that will reverse? Well, we'll go into that right now. You have this chart here, which I've shown before. We're going to look at it in a little bit of a different context today. When will miners finally rise? So we have a chart here from the late 1920s until 1939. It shows the Dow versus gold versus gold stocks. The Dow is in the black here. This is the, the bubble top in August 1929. This is the crash of 1929 here. And here is the bottom in 1932. Homestake Mining, the premier gold mining company back in the day, is in blue and dome mines, scaled to fit, is in whatever this color is over here. Here is the gold price. It was fixed at $21 an ounce here. And up here is fixed at $35. Uh, so it doesn't really move much. So you have here the Dow, which collapsed into 1932, and the, the mining stops, bo both dome mines and homestake mining, they uh, did fall into the 1929 crash over here, and they did reach new lows, just like the rest of stocks. But other mainstream stocks, the Dow, kept falling and falling and falling and falling as these two mining companies rose and rose and rose and rose. And when did they really start to rise? 
so they really started rising after the Dow bottomed out, meaning after all of the inflation was cleared out of the system and the monetary system was was cleared out and uh, you had a tabula rasa, basically. So that is when the mining companies really took off and mainstream stocks only gradually and recovered to the bottom of the October 1929 crash by 1937. And there was another crash in 1938. Uh, while the two mining companies here, they stayed at or near their highs uh, all the way into 1939, probably beyond. I don't have a chart that goes extends beyond that year, but this is what we should expect, generally speaking, from mining stocks going forward. We have to wait for the mainstream bubble to completely deflate, which I think will happen after the next round of printing uh, when it all goes into commodities and the monetary system starts to go haywire. That is when mining shares will really start to pay off. And of course, they are still not as important as holding physical gold and silver with you in times of monetary chaos. The national debt is up $100 billion in six days. These are two tweets by the national debt tweet account. Uh, we are at... $33.72 trillion on November 8th, which is yesterday or two days ago, if you're watching this. Uh, whereas on November 2nd, six days before that, we were at $33.637 trillion. So almost $100 billion in six days. If there are $1 trillion left in the reverse repo facility and the government intends to borrow $1.6 trillion by March, then the ground zero for the reverse repos for those extra spare dollars that were printed in 2020 and 2021, which are the only things that are funding these treasury auctions, they will zero out somewhere around January, February, maybe early March at the latest. And once they do, there will be no extra dollars to bid on these auctions. Why is it one of my endgame investor subscribers asked that the system needs reverse repos now, but did not need them before 2021 when they didn't really exist? Well, the answer is because interest rates are so high now that other sources of money of dollars that could come in and bid on these auctions will not because they have to service high debt costs and they cannot open up new loans because the costs are too high, which means the money supply is not expanding, it is shrinking. And in the environment of a shrinking money supply, interest rates have to rise unless the Fed buys the bonds directly. So yes, the reverse repos are the only source left that are funding these treasury auctions and they will run out in fe around February, somewhere on there, maybe January, maybe early March, but they will run out and then we will be in a financial crisis that is coming fast. This came out from Bloomberg. We have $1.5 trillion in ESG garbage debt. Talk about a lot of garbage debt going on. Uh, this is debt tied to environmental or some kind of investment standard that lefties really like to talk about and are really into it. Uh, but they have uh, no standards and it's hard to find out if a company actually is hitting whatever these standards are. So uh, there's a scramble to reword this debt to not actually matter in terms of ESG standards, which don't actually exist. Uh, and the banks that have the most amount of these this debt is uh, Bank of America. And we discussed that last week, why Bank of America is suffering so badly now. And this is one of the reasons because they're the most heavily involved in this ESG woke nonsense debt, which is all garbage. And we have here WeWork, speaking of other garbage debt, commercial mortgage-backed securities, WeWork, which is a huge investor in commercial mortgage-backed securities because they own a lot of, they are actually tenants, they were tenants in a lot of commercial real estate. So it says here, um, I forgot which article this is from, I, I forgot what site, I'll, maybe I'll put a link in the description below, but it says some landlords who reported that WeWork was amongst their largest tenants uh, owe about $2.6 billion in CMBS debt. 
with about half of those loans reaching maturity within the next 12 months. So we have here, who are the banks? Which are the banks that are most involved in CMBS debt? And we have that same cadre of banks, starting with Citibank at 20.27%, Wells Fargo at 13%, Goldman Sachs at another 13%, Deutsche Bank at 10.78%. Uh, Bank of America is only at 5.22% here. Uh, but we took an, I took an example of uh, Citigroup. Right, Citigroup hit looked like a triple bottom at around 37.50. It's bounced up a little bit from that, but if it breaks this triple bottom, it's going to head right to the March 2020 lows. Uh, these banks are not healthy. We went through Bank of America last week. It's the same thing with Citigroup. They're just involved in a little bit of a different form of debt. CMBS instead of uh, whatever is bankrupting uh, Bank of America. I think it was um, regular mortgage-backed securities, if I remember correctly from last week. A little bit about the gold to silver ratio in Weimar. How does silver behave in a hyperinflation? Well, we have here a constant gold to silver ratio from 1922 to the hyperinflation of November, December, 1923. It stayed constant. You can do these calculations on your own. The first column here is paper marks. The second column is silver. The third column is gold. So if you take this from the third column, divide it by the second column, you get the gold to silver ratio. It's 13.95 all the way through about 14 to one. There's no reason why that will not happen again once the gold substitutes are dead. And look at this, we have a record gold drain for a month from the LBMA, the London Bullion Market Association of 4.5 million ounces of gold uh, or at about 275 million ounces of gold left. This is a record for the month in gold drainage. And we have here another drainage of silver not quite to record lows. I think it's about 8 million tons above record lows, but this is the first significant drawdown since uh, December 2022. And remember, we have here in this little uh, table here, this is the holdings for SLV and silver bars. So if you look at the London total here, I'm not sure if my picture's in the way, but I'll move it. It says 300, uh, 316,492 bars in the JPM London B vault and 31,033 bars in the JPM London V vault, both in London. So we take those bars together and we have 347,525 bars. And we have here from the LBMA itself, uh, if you look at the bottom, in terms of silver, it says this equates to approximately 880,053 silver bars. Well, 347,525 of those bars, about 40%, belong to SLV. So the LBMA does not have that much silver left, and we could see a new record low next month. And finally, we'll go into the paper and physical diversions of gold. Uh, the blue line is the total amount of gold in uh, transparent holdings and funds throughout the world. And we see here, here's the gold price. This is the first time since it looks like this trend began in uh, 2021 that holdings in uh, gold funds throughout the world have been dropping consistently at about the same rate since 2021, whereas the gold price itself has been rising. So throughout the world and whatever fund it is, uh, there is less interest in holding gold in paper funds and more interest in holding it directly, physically, in ways that cannot be accounted for by these statistics, which means privately held and not in these accumulations. That's all I have to say for today. Again, we have until January, maybe February, maybe early March until we hit the next financial crisis because we're almost out of dollars that are printed, that were printed left over from 2020 and 2021. When those run out, we're going to see all hell break loose. And then the Fed is going to have to print like it never did before. And that is around when the dollar will die. I believe it will happen in 2024. The process will start once the spare dollars run out. And from there, we should see 
mining stocks finally make their monster comeback. It has been mind-numbing. It has been torture, but we're almost at the end of this. This is Rafi with the Endgame Investor with this week's Silver Report for Arcadia Economics, and I'll see you guys next week.